The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs, and we now have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. Keep seeking the answer to poverty through government, and the problem will continue to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, not in Washington or any state's capital. The long-term success of our country will come through our children if we teach them perseverance, humility, honor, character, hope, and love. And love will lead to action. This is The Mickey Ellison Show. How we raise our children today will be our legacy for good or evil. Let's change the world. Now, here is Mickey Ellison. Hello and welcome to the Mickey Ellison Show. I am Mickey Ellison, um, and you would expect me to be Mickey Ellison since, since the show is called the Mickey Ellison Show. Uh, the last few weeks, we have spent quite a bit of time talking about the road to complete fitness and, and dealing with debt, and, and we're going to get back to that, especially next week. I want everyone that has followed anything that we've done with complete fitness. You've heard us talk about the dollar a day program and how we're we're using that to uh, to to help others to get out of debt and. For the first time ever, we're going to introduce to uh, the, this audience the person that we have been helping for the last three months and the story, the stories that she has to tell and the hope that 19 people have given this, this young lady – I say young lady. She's my age um, – is it, tremendous. And um, we have some great plans, at least in my mind, as to the direction we're going to be taking this thing and, and hopefully towards a, a more local level. And, and our guest from a few weeks ago, or actually last week with Dwayne Stovall, we, we're, we're going – I plan on picking his brain a little bit on that as well. But this week, we're, gonna, we're actually hitting on a topic that I think is extremely um, important, and, and, and the timing is, is very good. I I was introduced, and I had the opportunity to introduce to a lot of folks on – actually, anyone that listens to the show to John O'Sullivan uh, from Changing the Game Project uh, probably about uh, eight months ago to a year ago. And John has, has been instrumental in, in, in some of the things we're talked about on the show, but he's also is one of the catalysts that has, has led to the, the development of Complete Fitness, why he didn't directly uh, try to do that. Um, but – for those that follow the show on Facebook, and uh, sometimes Voice America will tweet it out there. I don't usually tweet it out there because I'm not much of a tweet a, a tweeter. Um, but but social media has become just a part of our lives. I mean, each and every day, it, there's some beautiful things that come with it. My I can share with pic- pictures with my parents who live 1,100 miles away of my kids instantly. I can I'm able to let them enjoy. For sake of example, my oldest son yesterday. Is 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 in middle school competing in um, in the shot put in in middle school sports, and he actually won won his first meet ever yesterday. And 
we're able to share that with people instantly, and that that is awesome. There's a guest that's been on the show a couple of times, Katie Ersta, and, and you if you if you recall her battle with Hodgkin's lymphoma and her her struggles as being a fitness coach and dealing with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and you've got to follow her all the way through this. To if you've if you've gone to One Fit Fighter and, and followed um, Katie and, and her struggle and her battle, you have seen the triumph that she has had over the last year with this dreaded disease. But more importantly, through social media, she's been able to bring awareness to, to folks like me um, of what she's doing to help um, battle lymphoma and cancer. And, and, and now she has a great platform created by, uh, partially created by, by social media. But there are also extreme dangers that come with social media because it's a world of instant comment. And I know in the past – actually, I'm going to just go to our guest now because he can actually say, say this a little better than I, I can. Scott Fitch is with us today. Scott was introduced to me by, by John O'Sullivan. That's why I brought John up in, in the beginning of the show. And, and Scott has had, had some experience with social media and, 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 and what he is doing to spread some of those dangers. I want him to tell some of the stories. But to give you a little information from Scott, Scott and I are actually the same age. We graduated from high school the same year. Um, graduate parallel. We graduated from college in the same year. Hey, you were actually on the four-year plan too, Scott. <laughs> I was, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I went on the four-year plan because I was tired of school. Um, <laughs> but but anyway, Scott ha- has some accolades that that I think you you guys should hear. And, and some of this will be directed at, at young athletes, but more importantly, it's directed at, at, at people in, in general and what we're talking about. But but Scott was the Division Three National Player of the Year in, in, in 1994. Um, how did how – did, was that the 93-94 season? Is that what that was, Scott? Yeah, I actually had knee surgery one year, so they made me redshirt one year. So I graduated in four and then worked on my master's the fifth year. All right, and then Scott played a little little professional basketball in Spain. Um, you did you play in the CBA or did you just go to the CBA and NBA tryouts? Yeah, I had the NBA tryouts with the Seattle Sonics, SuperSonics, and the New York Knicks, and then did a little stint with Quad City and Harrisburg in the CBA. But um, right. and then had a good stint in Spain. So definitely something I'm very grateful for. Well, apparently you can shoot because you're still the number the you're ranked number six all time in Division three scoring. So. Uh, um, and, and now either, you're go ahead either that or I didn't pass very much <laughs> <laughs> no even if you didn't pass very much you still got to make the shots that's um, true that's true uh, but uh, um, he was also like I said was division three player of the year in 1994 um, has been coaching basketball now for how many years been coaching for 15 years and um, at the high school level but also had some interaction with the USA basketball took a team to Russia. So been very, uh, very blessed. And that was a great opportunity to time with USA basketball. Well, let, let's go a little bit into, into the social media talk because, um, that that's why you're here today to, and you, you've spoken to over a hundred high schools, um, thousands, a hundred thousand students about leadership and social media. And just give a little story as to, to what motivated you to, to focus on social media and, and what you're doing with it. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. I uh, was coaching and I had a, a college coach call me that was recruiting two of our players. And uh, this happens quite often, obviously. They call to get my input and see what I think about a kid. 
And he started in by saying that he'd seen two of my kids play an AAU tournament, and he was very impressed by them. And I said, yeah, I think they both can play at your level right away. And he continued on to say that he had met them after the AAU tournament and thought they were both fine young men. And I said, yeah, you know, one of the kids, he's made good decisions all the way through. Uh, he's always been a good kid. The other kid, you know, struggled when he was earlier in, 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 his, in his life, you know, but he had made some good decisions lately, and I think he had really made a concerted effort to really turn the corner and uh, and be a solid citizen and and he continued on to say you know I Scott I just want you to know I really respect you and your kids always do well in college we're going to keep recruiting Joe but we're not going to recruit Brian anymore and I said wait a minute wait a minute what do you mean coach I you just said you saw him play and you talked to him I don't understand he said coach Fitch part of our recruiting process is now is that we go back and check out their social media. And the things that are on his Twitter account are not what we want to represent our university. And I, and I took a second and I said, Coach, this is a kid that's been a good kid all the way through. Like, I've known him since he was eight years old. I don't know what you saw, but I would still recruit him because I think he's a, he's, a, he's a great kid. And he said, Coach Fitch, we respect you, but we're not going to recruit him anymore. And so I went home that night and ate dinner with my family. And I couldn't get it out of my mind just wondering what this kid had on his Twitter account that was so bad that they wouldn't recruit him. Mm-hmm. And I was still thinking about it at night. And so at 2 a.m. I went down. I didn't know the first thing on how to see what was on his Twitter account. So I just Googled this kid's name and Twitter account. And it popped right up. And I started reading everything that he had. And it just did not reflect on the kid that I knew at all. Mm-hmm. And so I started checking out all the kids in my program because I had camp the next day. And I probably went through about a hundred kids to see what I could find, and almost all of them I could I could look up everything on their Twitter account without any password, any privacy at all. And uh, it was probably the, one of the most uh, impactful days of camp I've ever had. Uh, I went in the next day and just started reading the tweets that I had found that night, and it didn't have anything to do with basketball, but I think it impacted those kids' lives a great deal because there was a great deal of angst in the room, you know, and. You know, when they get behind these keyboards, they don't realize what they're saying sometimes or the impact it can have. And and so because it was it was impacting kids that I knew directly, I kind of took a big interest in social media just because I saw that these kids didn't even realize what they were doing to their futures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have you have a video that I actually posted on the show Facebook page. And if you're listening to the show and you haven't, uh, you, you need to go take a look at this because this isn't just about athletes but it is something that what well, athletes is something that you and i both share in common because we're both former college athletes um i didn't get to play the pro level you're apparently better than i was but um <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway the the in coaching our young men and in and, and with our king's program and that's really not a program it's one team but we had a lot of these kids from the time that they were or six until until really last year, and we've lost a few of them to, to high school and some some upper level sports. I've got a kid that's a year younger than all of them, so I, I've got one more year of doing this with them. But one of the things that that I started realizing early was that we as coaches have have an impact on these kids more than more than we think, and we can have a positive or a negative impact. And this was even before being introduced to uh, to to John and and reading some some of the things that I felt in my gut were wrong with youth sports and we're not going to get into those all those things today on this show because we want to focus on on the social media aspect but uh, there are many things and and I've had conversations with kids and I that that just basically said look I I do have connections if I were to contact 
Tim Corbin at Vanderbilt and say, hey, I think you need to take a good look at this kid, a solid look because he can play, chances are Tim will take a look at him. I said, but look, I also have to look at your character as well. And that's what we're trying to build because that's what's going to take you longer, uh, take you further. And when I hear certain comments come out of your mouth, I cannot risk my reputation with with Coach Corbin because I want him to take seriously about the kids that I, I'm I, that he wants to recruit. And if I have someone that's legit, I want them to get a get get a look at him because you're talking about the number one baseball program in America right now. And and sure. there's other coaches through throughout that, but. What else have you learned? Because not only did you see that impact, have you seen that imp- the, the, the negative impact that, that those particular kids had, but have you seen that with other athletes in, in, in your uh, experience? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I think kids are impacted every day, and you talk to any any Division One sport, and even down to Division Two and Division Three, uh, coaches will check. I mean, that's part of their routine now is checking their social media, and, and I think it goes well beyond the athlete. You know, that's how I got into it and started, but obviously everybody's impacted by this because you talk to just normal college admissions, and they're checking, you know, if it's if it's part of their routine, then that's impacting every kid that's trying to go to college. Um, I coached a kid by the name of Kyle Downey. He has a school scoring record at our at our high school. Well, after college, he went into a financial job interview. And when he's in the interview, the, the, the uh, employer asked, do you have a Facebook account? He said, yes. Do you have a Twitter account? He said, yes, because he knows that in that world, you've got to have connections. Mm-hmm. The employer turned the computer around and said, pull them both up. I want to see them right now. And 95% of the kids I've coached, there's no way they could flip that to a computer around and show the guy. Uh, but in his world, he lives his life to a different standard. He could do that. But I challenge kids that I work with and talk to all the time, if you were to show your social media right now to an employer, are you good with that? And I would think most of them are not. And I tell them that this is a free pass right now. You know, go clean it up. But I feel like social media... It's something that, you know, we've given kids, we've given kids this great tool, and but kids think short-term. They don't think long-term. It's not part of their DNA. But the, the problem is social media has a long-term impact on their lives, and so it's a very tough balance to, to really get them to understand that. Yeah, at 7, 6, 15, 16, 12, 13, whatever age they're, they're getting on, it, it's, it, it doesn't register that, that what you're posting out there is, is – it is stemless. It's there forever. You can even go many times. You can go out and delete the stuff, and the people that really know how to find it can find it. But you know, maybe a, a way of of people uh, thinking about what they post is think of the person whom whom you respect the most. And would you be embarrassed for that person to read anything that you put on the social media? And if you would be, maybe. I love what what your uh, uh, on the video it says pause before you post because that would if if many times I don't know if this is not social media but I I have learned throughout my life that I, many times I will get angry and when I when at, at someone or something or, or just a situation and if I immediately respond I typically wind up regretting that response and someone told me once that. A great way of dealing with with the anger would be to write it out, because know what you're feeling at that moment. But if you and see, give it 24 hours to see if you still want to post that, or if see if you still want to uh, 
to respond. But the thing is, with social media, um, you don't have to send a letter. You don't have to go go see the person. It's instant. And yeah. the impact that that words, and I don't know where you stand scripturally, but we are taught uh, as Christians that the the tongue is a two edged sword, and, and it in the same the same tongue that can can uh, bring blessing can bring curses and damnation on someone as well. And, and what what we post, you never know the, the 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 emotional state of a person when you're posting that and what that might actually cause them to do. You're you're right, and the words that you write down can be received in so many different ways. They don't see the emotion you say it with or the care or, you know, you don't get that piece. And so, again, that's why it's so tough um, because I think it's perceived so differently. I think another line that I've heard that I think is, is, is powerful is if you were to post it and it were on the front page of the newspaper, are you good with it? You know, and that's another way to think about it as well. But I have bought into that pause before you post because I agree with you. Normally, if you can think and separate yourself for a quick second, you typically will make a better decision. Well, what happens a lot of time, too, when you're dealing with email or social media, whatever it might be, the many times context is lost. I mean, you could be telling uh, what you think is an innocent, off-color, um, off-color joke that if taken out of context five years from now from that employer that pulled it up may cause you to – while you didn't mean anything harmful from it, you may be labeled as racist. You may be labeled as whatever simply because there's no context with that. And, and that I think is so much is lost in, in, in communication today, especially with our young people because they do communicate with, with text, with, with social media, um, all, the, all these different instant ways. And most of it is by – by uh, you know digits on on ele- an electronic device versus getting to hear my voice. If I t- if I say something to you that that you hear in context while we're talking, and it it's kind of off color. We might think it was kind of we, we might think it was kind of funny, but if if taken without the context and without the uh, the change in, in, in tone of voice and all those things. It can come across as extremely mean, um, and, and can be damaging in the future. And I, we're getting ready to go to a break, and I, I want to share bits and pieces of a story that that actually happened this week, this past weekend, and the impact that your video had on me on Friday when I actually when I actually watched the video and listened to it. Folks, we'll be back with Scott Fitch in a minute to talk more about social media, the dangers of it, but we're also going to focus on some of the positives of it as well. See you in a minute. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Dance Talk Radio has come to Voice America. Join host Tracy Marciniak and her celebrity guests every week for a show that takes you inside the world of dance. What's it like working with stars like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift? The experts share their stories and the -the behind-the-scenes secrets. Plus, inside tips to become a better dancer, instructor, or studio owner. Dance on over to the Voice America Variety Channel every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific for Dance Talk Radio. 
What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for You with Arvind Vora, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at mickeyellison.com. Like our show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Like our show on Facebook. Welcome back. This is Mickey Ellison speaking of social media, which is our topic today. Before we get to, to that, I do want to... Remind you, if you're listening this week, you definitely want to listen next week if you've heard us talk about this dollar a day campaign and and helping folks out of debt because Andrea Aiken is actually going to be on with us next week and is the person that has been receiving the help for the last last couple months. And and her story will be inspiring, and hopefully it will cause a few of you to actually join us on this journey as we – we move more towards the uh, towards the local level versus trying to do it on a national level, and um, we also are going to continue to teach the uh, the the true evil that is debt, and it's not the the debt that that you and I have individually. While that that causes a lot of pain, but it, it is the from 15 years, 16 years experience in the financial industry, the education that I received in 2008 was nothing like I was expecting to to learn. But today's topic is social media. Before we went to the break, uh, by the way, Scott Fitch is with us. Um, Scott is. Uh, do you have an organization, Scott, uh, where people can find you? Yeah, you know, right now uh, I still work for uh, for Jocelyn's, and I am uh, going to be kind of joining John O'Sullivan a little bit on the game-changing project. So through John O'Sullivan will probably be the best way right now. All right, great stuff, great stuff. But before we went to the break, I had mentioned something of, of how uh, Scott's video actually impacted me and possibly the life of someone else. Um, last Friday, I, I sat down and, and trying to prepare for this show and learn a little bit more about Scott. And it, frankly, because the two of us had had a hard time connecting with each other via phone because of our schedules. And um, I trusted that, that, that Scott was going to be a great guest because I trust John implicitly and, and love everything that he stands for. Um, but anyway, we last week I, I sat down and watched the video, and there was a story in there. And maybe you can tell the story better than I can, Scott, uh, about um, there, there was basically someone that was, was talking about regret, that they had had a, a sibling or, or, or a uh, – uh, someone that they knew that had posted things on online that were hints of them reaching out, trying to ha- to try reaching for help, and um, they didn't see those until afterwards, and it was too late. And, and that person had because this is the 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 darkest side that you can get to with social media that you can be bullied so much and be beaten down so much that uh, some kids wind up taking their lives. And um, later that night. 
I had, had someone that was posting some stuff that really, really disturbed me. And, and, it, and because of watching that video, it, it caused me to not hesitate in, in reaching out to talk to this person. And I don't know what they were going to do later that night. I don't know if, they, if suicide was actually in, in the cards uh, of what they were planning on doing. But there was one thing I knew for certain after watching that video is I was not going to have the regret of not reaching out to this person and talking to them. And uh, because it was basically someone that, that's sitting out there thinking no one cares. And, and if you're alive today, somebody cares. And I, it's very hard to realize that when you're at your lowest point. I can I can vouch for that being at the lowest point in 2009, which is the, the genesis and the beginning of of what we're doing with the road to complete fitness and really my, my fight against debt. But, um, you know, Scott, it, it, expand on, on that a little bit because I, it, it's such, there are, there are plenty of times where we've, we've heard people on television or what, maybe there's a school shooting or something of that nature. And there were actually hints and, and warning signs from the person that posted them. And maybe some of those things wouldn't have happened if, if someone would have stepped out and, and, and acted. Yeah, I, first of all, I'm so glad you reached out, and obviously that's um, got to make you feel good after you do it, because I feel like there's so many times in life where we debate on doing something, and so many times we don't do that, and then then we regret it, and then, and I'm just so glad that you reached out, but well, and frankly, frankly, one of my Scott, topics Scott, that I get into... Oh. What I was going to say is, sometimes I, I think we... We know that if we reach out, that this may create an inconvenience for us that we may have to deal with for, for a while, and we would rather somebody else do that for us. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think you're right. But I also think, man, when you impact a life in a positive way, how good does it feel? And mm-hmm. and even though it was an inconvenience for a little bit, um, you know, I, I feel like the long-lasting impact you hopefully you'll make on somebody else is so worth it. Absolutely. That's why we coach, man. Yeah, Exactly. Um, yeah, so during my talk with, with the schools, usually when I'm, uh, when I'm talking to the whole student body, I'll get into cyberbullying because it is such an issue. And the bully side is what you mentioned, where it's when you get cyberbullied or a kid gets cyberbullied to a point where they see no alternative but to cause bodily harm. And that's the worst case. But there's a lot of times the cyberbullying happens and it doesn't reach that point, but yet it still hurts somebody in a, in a major way. And so what I do in my talk is I challenge the kids, and but I also think it, it goes to adults as well. And that is when you see something that's not right on social media, you know, what do you do? And I challenge myself, I ask myself all the time, who are you? And I ask my players, who are you? And I think anybody listening, you know, who are you? When you see something not right on a, that's going on online, you got three options. One, you jump on and say you like it, which is why cyberbullying is so scary because when I was a kid, if I got bullied, you know, I'd get beat up face-to-face, and then I could get away at least physically. The mm-hmm. problem with the cyberbullying is the bullies multiply because people, people will comment on it and like it, and therefore you're getting bullied by 100, you know, 200 people by the time it's all said and done. And then the other thing that's scary about cyberbullying is it never stops because every time you turn on your computer or your phone, you get beat up again. But when people see something that's not right online, they, they jump on, they ignore it, which is what most people do, or they do something about it. And right now, the statistics say that 95% of teens, when they see something that's not correct online or not good online, they ignore it. And, um, and I had one of my own players, you know, that took his life. 
uh, recently. And, you know, and at the funeral, you know, you, his sister got up and talked about how she saw some signs, you know, by his postings and didn't do anything about it. And now she's got to live the rest of her life with that guilt. And, and I share that because not for the, you know, the downer of the situation, but just for exactly what happened to you, you know, Mickey, you saw something that wasn't right and you, and you took a second to reach out and you never know what impact that could have on somebody. But you see it all the time, not only with my player, but the Seattle shooting that happened in November. You had a kid that was on the, on the homecoming court. He was a very popular kid. And then two days before the shooting, he started to turn online a little bit. And nobody stepped up and did anything about it or reached out to him. And obviously then, you know, kids lost their lives that didn't need to lose their lives. And so I think social media can be used in a very positive way if we can all take some responsibility on it. And what, what would you tell parents to do? Because, you know, we, we can try to keep our kids from, from social media, but there's so many ways to get to it that, that that's virtually impossible today. And, and frankly, I don't know that we, if we can teach them, you know, we teach them how to drive a, a five or 6,000 pound vehicle, but we wouldn't put them in that, in that vehicle without, without some training and, and understanding. And, and the thing is, when you're dealing with middle school and high school kids, you, you know that just watching the bullying that, that you saw as a, as a student, that high school kids and middle school kids can be absolutely brutal. And to think that it can be compounded the way it can on, on social media, you know, that, you, you sit there and say, well, well really the, the solution to, for the person being bullied would be just to, just to turn it off. But the reality is um, it, it's just a part of life. It's almost impossible to get away from because even if they turn it off, when they go to school the the next day or a week later, all the stuff that was said can be can be turned into true bullying at, at the school level, and it, it's some scary stuff. But what would you what would you tell parents to do? Yeah, I think that's a tough one, you know, because you know I've had parents when I've talked. Usually when I do my talks, I'll then talk and have a parent night. And the parents will say, well, I'm just going to not let them have any social media. And, and I say, that's okay if that's your route, you know. But back in the day when I went to school, that would be like putting me in the corner and not letting me talk to anybody. Because social media is how they interact right now. So it's kind of tough to pull all their interaction with people because I don't know if that's what we're really looking to do. From what I think, I think it's all about communication. And I think your best parents that I see that I work with when I coach all the time and that I talk to, I feel like your best parents communicate with their kids and they talk about it. If you wanted to tell your kid he can't use social media, you know, it's not like you know that. Like every time he leaves the house, he or she leaves the house, they can get on a social media anywhere at any time. So it's really hard to monitor that. So it comes back to I really think we've got to educate them. We've got to teach them about the pros and cons and, and try and get them to understand the long-lasting impact it makes. And then also, you know, the impact they make on each other. And I tell a story when I'm, when I'm speaking to kids about how there was this one child, this one boy that sat next to me in high school. And he didn't have many friends. He wasn't connected. I played basketball, so I was connected. You know, not right, but that's the way society is a little bit right now. Right. Every time I'd go to lunch, this boy, um, I'll call him Tom, was sitting outside the cafeteria on a ramp eating lunch by himself. And I'd go by him with all my friends, and I'd eat lunch in the cafeteria. But every time I'd go by him, I'd say, hey, how you doing, Tom? 
And he'd say, I'm doing good, Scott. How are you? And then I'd go in the cafeteria and I'd eat with all my friends. I got a card four years after we graduated. And in and, and that card, he had written me a thank you saying, you know, Scott, thank you so much for saying hi all the time. You see, in high school, I was thinking about taking my life and I didn't do it. You know, no one knew me, no one cared, no one would miss me. But you know what? You said hi every day, and I knew that you would miss me the next day. And I just want to say thank you. And the the reason I, I felt bad, first of all, when I got it, because I could have asked him to lunch. Like, I could have done so much more. Right. But what I did do was I treated him with respect, and it reminded me the impact that peers have on peers. And I think that the kids have to understand the impact they're having on each other all the time when they interact. Well, and, and I think too, if we can, if we can teach some of the some of the athletes, and, and I'm not saying this because it's, it's necessarily right, but it's, it's real, that you know, we were, you and I were both fortunate enough to be to be athletic and, and get to play, which tends to cause you, if you're one of the better players on the team, you tend to be fairly popular. And the impact that someone that is is popular can have. I was very very similar. I don't have anywhere close to the story that you have, but I was kind of that that oddball in in high school that you couldn't really characterize. I mean, was, was, is he a redneck? Is he a jock? Is he this or is he that? Because frankly, I was a little bit of all of it. Um, I wasn't a very good singer. Um, they, the, I actually had a part one time, Scott, that in, in middle school, not middle school, but in elementary school that required me to sing that I'd won the main role in a play. And my, my music teacher took that away from me and let the rest of the group sing. Cause I was so bad, but we do, we do have that, that, that impact and, and I, I try to I try to instill this in my own kids that you know when you go to the local um, here's quick trip it might be 7-eleven or something like that up there and sometimes you don't know what's going through the mind of someone that's walking in the door and, and the impact that you might just have by just opening that door and smiling at them and saying hello have a good day because you do and, and, and so often we get caught up in our own little worlds when we go to a restaurant or something like that, and, and, and we're getting bad service from, from a waiter or a waitress or whatever. But we really, in a perfect world, they would be able to separate their, their personal life from, from their work life. But the real world is they can't. You never know what's going on. You may, have, you may be standing there with, with a waiter or a waitress who just found out a couple of days before that they're – that they have terminal cancer or their kid has, has some form of cancer or they lost a loved one the day before, but they still got to be at work because they got to pay for, for so many other things. But we just don't know the impact that, that we're having on folks. And you may actually have an impact on someone, you know, like your, your, the, the, the friend that you're talking about from high school. You would have still had that impact on him whether he said it to you or not. So how often does that happen? Right. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And uh, so I just, uh, yeah, I, I think it's very impressive that, that he wrote the card, and it was really nice. But you're right, every day you have the ability to impact people in small ways. But back to your original question on the parenting, I think we're at a really challenging time to be a parent. There's no question about it. And uh, But I do think the more they can talk about it and educate them on the rules of that social media, because there's new social media coming out all the time. And one of the challenges I have to the kids and the parents is learn the rules before you get on. And if they'll learn the rules and talk about it, you know, I think the kids are more open to sharing with their parents exactly what's going on or something's not right. Yeah. Now, are there any forms of social media that, that um, as a parent, you should be concerned with? Because, we, you know, there's the, the main ones that we know of, Facebook and, 
and Twitter, and uh, I'm not very good at all these things. Um, Instagram. Um, yeah. I, I was recently introduced to something called Snapchat. And um, is there is there any forms of social media that you would you would caution your your parents to allow your kids to actually be on? Or I guess if you teach, well, if you teach them how to drive that car, then it you really should you don't have to be concerned with with what one they're on. Yeah, I think, you know, again, when you learn the rules of the social media that you're using, like, in other words, Snapchat, you know, where would there be a reason that you would want your communication to disappear? You know, most of the time I would say, well, that would be driven toward a negative uh, text or, you know, however you're sending things. Like, there's a bunch of multimedias that you're supposedly your communication will disappear. Well, to me, that just sets up for sending bad or information that can hurt people. Um, it's the same with there's a yik yak that's out there, which is within a mile and a half, you can post things and it's totally anonymous. You know, and again, if things are anonymous to me, that sets up for, for bad interaction. And as we discussed before, everything you do has a digital footprint. It can always be traced. So I would say that the social medias that have something with that tied to it, I said I would say as a parent, I'm going to direct my kids away from. Yeah, and you know, and, and uh, we're going to get to uh, some other stuff here in a minute, but I I do want to throw a quick story out there because it involved my my now 14 year old son. He turned 14 a couple of days ago, and he and his best friend were were communicating back and forth. And, and my wife my wife is is the one that's on it. He, he has the poor guy has a uh, um, the dictator of the not stopping him from using it but she wants to see everything that he posts and the reality she probably doesn't but he and his best friend were having this conversation back and forth on i I think this might have actually been via via text and finally he looks over me says what should i do i said um pick up the phone and call him because you two are arguing over something really silly and i think if you talk over the phone you're going to realize that and and but you don't want to impact your friendship negatively for the next for for the rest of your life over something that that could be, you know, with a phone call and, and tone and and conversation could actually diffuse this situation. They contacted each other and, and by Sunday afternoon they were playing basketball together. So um, it, it is that sort of thing. But you know we're getting ready to go to a break and before and and, and what I want to do when we come back is. We focus so much on the negatives in the first two segments. There are a lot of positives that come with social media and the things, the power that it can have to do really good things in this world. And Scott, when we get back, I want to talk some, some about that. And uh, hope you folks will join us when we get back from this break. See you then. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Women can live their lives to the fullest and realize their dreams for growth and greatness. Georgine Summers knows. As host of On the Edge, Georgine will give you powerful tools and rules to help you change direction in your life and get rid of the fears that stop you from living your dreams. Stretch your boundaries and become the amazing person you've always wanted to be. On the Edge with Georgine Summers airs live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at mickeyellison.com. Like our show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Hey, there is a Facebook page out there called The Mickey Ellison Show, and it would be really cool if that thing went up to like a 1,000 likes or so. But right now we're stuck at about 322, 323, and... uh, um, if you like what we're talking about, let me know. Uh, I guess if you don't like the show on Facebook, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't like the show. Maybe you don't have Facebook. But if you're listening to this show, you're on the Internet. So more than likely, you do. Um, next week's show is one that I'm extremely excited about. Andrea Aiken is going to be join, joining me. And we're actually recording the show on Good Friday, which is even even more interesting. But uh, um, if you've listened to, to the show and, and know anything about the road to complete fitness and and the ministry that, that we are in the process of trying to build, um, you know uh, about our Dollar a Day program and, and how it's impacting, especially Andrea. You're going to hear a story that uh, um, I, I think you'll regret, regret not hearing um, if you don't get a chance to listen to it. But today's show, we've been focusing on social media, and Scott Fitch um, ha- has joined us, and for those that don't know, don't know who Scott is. Scott is uh, he, he is the Division Three National Player of the Year in 1994. Still is number six all time in scoring in in Division Three basketball. Has coached basketball for the last 15 years. Man, you must have became a basketball coach about the same time I became a financial planner. This is almost getting spooky. We're the same age, graduate same year, all those things. <laughs> but uh, you know, we focus so much on on the negatives, and there's plenty of them on social media. But I think if channeled properly, the or appropriately, the positives outweigh the negatives. Yeah, there's no question. I, in fact, uh, you know, when I talk, I talk about how you know I do hire people, and I will Google people's names, and I will get on their social media if I can. And I also tell them that, yeah, you know, all those negatives that we talked about, you know, those stink. But you know what? Social media, to me, was made in a positive way with a positive mindset. And if I go online and I see positive things about you, I mean, how how great is that? So if it's used the right way, I think it can be such a powerful tool. 
and and it's a way of getting a, a message out, like like Katie's Katie's message in, in the fight against Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, I've got friends of mine who are are, are fitness coaches that that post on, online constantly people's goals, their their achievements, and and a way of being being accountable. Heck, our dollar a day program, the way that we get the information to the as far as the address and who to send it to. Um, that we do that via social media, except for the folks that that do don't have a Facebook page. So um, there there are so many positives that that can come from it, and it, it's a powerful, powerful tool. It gives business people the opportunity to do some advertising for free. I mean, it, it, you do. There's some things you can pay for, but you can get your name out there for for free on social media. So it doesn't have to have to always be a a negative. What are some of the other positive things you see with with social media, Scott? Well, I think you know one thing that's interesting is I was listening to uh, this one uh, book on tape that had one of the more influential guys in business, and he said that this uh, social media and technology has made the world flat again. You know, which creates epic epic, epic competition, meaning like mm-hmm. we're competing now. Our kids are competing with kids all over the world because the technology has made everybody on a level playing field. But the other thing it's done is it's created epic opportunity. And so now you've got kids that are millionaires that are, you know, 14 years old because they figured out something that would work online and with social media. You know, I think back just to the bucket challenge. I mean, think about the bucket challenge that took off. I mean, they're over what, 20 million people that did the bucket challenge or something crazy like that. I mean, for that to go off in the short time it did, I mean, there's no way you could have pulled anything like that off before social media. Um, so I think there's so many examples of it. I, there's one social media that I came across that's actually known as a social marker, and it's called Fineo, uh, which is failure is not an option. And I think it goes in line, actually, with your show a lot because of, you know, talking about, all the all the things you've talked about, and even with Andrea, um, it's and this is all about goal setting. So if you ever go to FineoNation dot com, it's a movement that started in the Northwest. How do you spell that? F I N A O, and then Nation N A T I O N dot com, and it's basically a social marker or social media that's all around goal driven motivation. And the only thing you can post on other people's uh, fineo is that you're inspired by them. And so I think it sets up for just a very positive social media. You know, we've talked about some of the negative ones. I think that's one that I've come across that I've, like, kind of had a lot of interest in because I think it's very positive-driven. But uh, you see examples all over the place of, of the positive impact it's made on our, on our life. And, you know, back to the parenting this social media is not going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, regardless of how you feel about it, it's not going anywhere, and we've got to learn how to deal with it in the positive ways. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I look at what we've been able to, to start on a very small basis with, with the Road to Complete Fitness, and, and without social media, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened. Because of social media, I, I had the opportunity to go up to uh, Pennsylvania to, in, in the very beginning, when we didn't have a true uh, definition of exactly what we were doing and and I can but I got to go to Pennsylvania and, and we went from seven people giving a dollar a day to ten even though the the message wasn't perfect the, the it, it let us go there and then let us come back to South Carolina and that's where we've done 
two of the four events. We did, we've done one here in Wichita as well, but uh, it, it gives the opportunity because you know, one of the messages, and I don't know if you know this guy that I'm talking about, is obvious, is, is dealing with debt and, and understanding the, the true nature of, of debt and, and, um, and really some lessons that we had, we had received in 2008 that most missed and, and, and the real problem with all that took place in 2008, as far as, fine, as far as the stock market and all that goes to, boils down to debt. And I const, I'm, I'm on a political talk show here in, in town every Wednesday morning, which I'm very close to not being on anymore because everyone wants to focus on the political issues that, that are going on today and, and why Obama's terrible or Bush is terrible or whoever is terrible. And I finally looked at him today, Scott, and I said, look, man. You guys keep worrying about whether ISIS is going to blow us up and all those different types of things. But the one thing that's going to kill America is debt. And it's not just the national debt or the state debt. It is, it is the debt of individuals because it dwarfs what the, what the countries have. And at some point in time, any system if – if your economy, Scott, is built on debt, it eventually fails. And that's a scary thought. Now, that sounds like doom and gloom. But no, what we have the opportunity to do right now through social media and through the road to complete fitness is to build what is what is a community, a community of people that, you know what, maybe maybe the, the financial system isn't as dire as what, what I think. But in the end, we still have a community of people that join together to help one another. And what's wrong with that? No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And social media helps you, you know, helps you with that, helps the community stay strong because you can connect so often. It helps you grow. Uh, so, no, there's a, there's a ton of huge positives there. And, uh, and I agree with you on the individual debt. You know, I feel like we've gotten away from people paying themselves first. And, um, you know, they see a huge hill to climb and they can't battle through it. And, and that scares me, you know, because uh, I see that. I see it. I see it more and more with our high school kids that, they don't have that stick to as much. You know, they don't have the ability to overcome hurdles as easy. It doesn't seem like um, they seem more complacent just in general. And and those are things that, you know, the things that you talk about are things that I believe in. And, you know, just to, I try and spread the word with the high school kids on that, actually, in different ways. Well, and if you listen to the beginning of the show, that's where I, I think the biggest impact is is going to be because, frankly, we 43-year-olds and then the 60-some-year-olds, 60 we've messed up a lot of things, which means there's a lot of knowledge and wisdom that we can pass on, on to these kids. And, you know, one of the, the greatest um, greatest things that, that my dad ever, ever did to, to me was one, when I was in high school baseball, and it probably is what spurred me on to be able to, to compete at a higher level, was I was complaining about playing time. And rather than, you know, my dad didn't look at it as so negative, but he went at me and says, Mickey, he says, look, control, the basic just is control what you can control. How hard you work, the effort you put in will have you prepared for the moment that you're asked to step up and perform. And eventually that moment is going to come and are you prepared for it? Or did you sit back and, 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 and complain about how unfair things were? Because frankly, this whole world is unfair. And um, that's why when you see posts on social media that are bullying-type posts out there and you see it directed at one person, yeah, that's unfair. But what, would, what might make it actually better is that you notice it and you have the guts to step in there and say, hey, guys, this is wrong, and reach out to that person that, that they're hurting because 
you don't want to be in that situation that that the uh, or, I can't even imagine. I almost had tears coming on my eyes when you're telling the story about the uh, the the kid that played for you. But yeah. um, the the positive in that is we get to we can see that going on, and we have a we have a moment where we get to make a choice. And don't be one of the 95 percent of those people out there that that sit back and just ignore it because there's a real person hurting on the other end of all those jabs. So, um, you know, we probably have about five or six minutes left. So, uh, anything that we, we haven't covered, um, that we, that you want, uh, uh, that you want to get out there, Scott? No, you know, I, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the time with you. I really enjoyed it. One thing that I guess I would mention that I just share at times when I'm talking to parents, because I think that's probably most of your audience is I also talk about the impact that they have on their kids through their own social media. You know, we talk about the kids using social media the right way and, 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 and being aware of what's going on. Well, I think the same thing transfers to the parents too. And I've had examples of where a parent's social media, the things they posted about their child uh, playing in a basketball game and how they're the only good player and the other kids aren't good and the coach isn't good, they've had to transfer their kid and move the next year because of the things the parent did on the social media, not the kid. And I just think that all these things that we've talked about, I think apply to the parents as well. There was a bully side that happened about 40 minutes from me. There were over a hundred parents that knew what was going on and didn't do anything about it. And, and so I think, you know, it's just, I don't want to lose sight that it's all the kids, the kids, it's also the parents and obviously the way you deal with social media, I think your kid learns from, you know, and, and I think you can set a very powerful message to them by the way you handle yourself on social media. And also understand that, that they are going to make mistakes because they are 14 and 15 year old kids. And just like when we're coaching, I don't know if you feel this way when you're coaching your basketball teams, when I'm coaching my baseball teams, I tell the kids, you know, I don't want you to make mistakes. I'm not pushing for you to make mistakes, but when you do, that's when we actually become important. We get an opportunity to teach them versus, you know, because most of the kids that play basketball for you, most of the kids that have played baseball for me, they aren't going to play at a professional level. Most of them aren't even going to play at a collegiate level because that, that, you know, people look at the college level as not being that big of a deal, but it is a pretty, especially if you start getting toward that division one level, because it's, it's an elite group of athletes that get the opportunity to do that. But the lessons that we can teach in those moments that they make mistakes. And it's just like, I, I think John, John teaches this, that you want your kids to take chances. You want them to go mm-hmm. out there and, and you don't want them to be afraid to die for a ball that might, that, because that's how they learn. And the same thing with, with social media, the way they're going to learn is, is, is to, some of us going to be making some of those mistakes. And those are our opportunities to teach. We have about a minute left. Um, uh, Say whatever you you think needs to be said toward the end. Yeah. And, uh, well, I've never coached a perfect game. I've never played in a perfect game. I've never lived a perfect day in life. And I think the special people, the ones that learn from the mistakes, and they keep improving. The ones that don't learn from the mistakes, to me, you know, they keep making the same mistakes the rest of their life. And and I challenge my players to be a special person, a special player all the time. I think the scary thing and where we come back to full circle with social media is we hope that their mistakes aren't ones that last with them for a long, long time. And if they can learn those learn from those mistakes at 14 or 15, maybe even 16 or 17, they they have an opportunity not to make those mistakes the rest of their lives. And and that is the opportunity that we get as coaches and parents and 
and mentors is, is we get the opportunity to to help guide them. Um, let them let give them some freedom, but understand that that with that freedom comes responsibility, and the same thing goes for us as well. Um, folks, we're coming to the end of the show. I want to remind you next week Andrea Aiken is going to be with us, and and she is. Uh, the first. This will be the first time we've actually introduced a person that we're helping on the Dollar a Day campaign, uh, and you get to hear the impact that, that uh, 19 people have had on on Andrea's uh, what they've had on her life, and and the hope that she now has. And I, and I'm so excited for the hope that she's going to bring to others because of what has been done for her, folks. Everything we do, everything we do, someone's watching. We do not live our lives in a way to to. Uh, to always seek approval of everybody else. But in the end, what we do is being seen by somebody. And um, me being a Christian, the way I try to look at things is, would I want to be caught doing what I'm doing if Jesus came back tomorrow? And if the answer to that question is no, I shouldn't be doing it. Hey, Scott Fitch, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, We'll be back with Andrea Aiken next week, and I hope you'll join us then. See ya. Thanks so much for joining us on the Mickey Ellison Show. Mickey plans to be here again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We hope you'll be here, too.